See it. I think that we as Leaf fans in the year 2022 have been um, witness to some pretty special hockey. Yes, absolutely. Anytime you hear franchise record, um, but for the franchise is this old. It's yeah. just incredible. Craig's there right now? Yes. Mr. Craig Button. How's it going, Craig? Our TSN hockey analyst, Craig Button, joins us on the phone right now. How are you? Uh, I'm good, but I get to weigh in right off the bat. You do? Absolutely. So, yeah, here's here's how I would here's how I would position it. For a long time with the Toronto Maple Leafs, there was no hope. <laughs> the season started at point the end blank. Of the year, you're right. There, there was no hope, and so not like despite as, as AD, you talk about no playoff success, but there's hope, and and when hope isn't realized, there's disappointment, right? And and that's what that's what's happened in the last playoffs. But there's real hope with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and, and that is significant and should be celebrated. Real hope should be celebrated. I completely agree. And right now we're in the midst of celebrating Mitch Marner and his incredible feat uh, in tying the Leafs franchise, rec- franchise record for the longest point streak. Craig, we were talking about the top 50 list and the fact that Marner was, I believe, the 12th player consensus, consensus on that list. If you were to make a mid-season one right now, would he slide into your top 10? Top five. Top five. I like it. Go off, Craig, please. I need to know the reasons why. Well, okay, so like he's a top performer in the league with the puck and without the puck and in every situation uh, over the course of the game. And, you know, it's hard to get get points in five straight games, let alone 18 straight games. And, you know, you think about – uh, you know, Mitch and where the Toronto Maple Leafs have found themselves with all the injuries, the goaltending injuries. You know, some of the players have sacrificed. Uh, I'm talking about the, the four offensive players, you know, to, to help out a little bit more defensively. But Mitch Marner's defensive game is, is superb. I mean, you, we look at the points and everything, but his, his defensive metrics are outstanding. So you put it all together and you talk about performance, and, and the top 50 list is about who are going to be, when we do that list at the end of the year, who are going to be the best performers in the coming season? I don't think there's any question Mitch Marner's in the top five. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is hard to argue. We had Mike Kelly on a couple of days ago, and we were just talking about that. I think at that point he was, he was at 16 or 17, and he was saying, yeah, it's impressive what he's doing offensively, but look at his defensive net metrics, and they're all top 10 among all forwards in the NHL during that stretch of, of 17 games at the time. So you're right. He's doing it on, on, on both sides of the ice. And, you know, I'm curious, Craig, because clearly you scouted him when, when you know, in his draft year when he was with the London Knights. And, you know, you would have had him on, on your board and talked about him and, and, you know, scouted him excessively. Did you ever anticipate that he could have been this type of 200-foot player back then? Uh, you know what? I, maybe not a 200-foot player in his draft year. The next year I did because Dale Hunter put him in every single spot on the ice, every single spot in the lineup. I mean, there, there was some talk at one point in time, could Mitch be the center? And Dale used him at center. Dale used him at center. I remember going in there one night, and the line was Kachuk on the left wing, Matthew, Kristen Dvorak in the middle, and Mitch Marner on the right wing. He wasn't really happy with their play. He thought that they were getting away from some of the important details and some of the competitive areas of the game. And I, before the game, I'm sitting with Dale. Dale goes, they're all playing center tonight. They're playing a part, and they're all going to grind. And they're going to kill penalties, and I'm going to have them blocking shots. And he goes, that's what they need to get back to. 
And so, you know, when you have a coach like Dale, who is going to not only help you get better, but help you understand different aspects of the game that are critically important. And I've talked to Mark Hunter, who was with the Leafs when they drafted Mitch Marner, and I've talked to, to Mark about this a lot over the years. And you think about it, Mitch Marner's playing minute 20 second shifts. Well, to play minute 20 second shifts or minute 30 second shifts in junior hockey, you got to be smart. And you got to be understanding, okay, I can't just chase around. I can't just float. Because Dale wasn't going to just allow you to play a minute 30 by floating. And this is Mark. Mark's comment to me. He said, you know, after he finishes with Dale, it might be easier to play in the NHL because you're not going to play that many minutes. And now you've learned how to manage all the different aspects of the game. So I think Dale Hunter deserves a tremendous amount of credit for taking the fourth overall pick. And when he came back to junior, making him the player you see today. And let's keep in mind, he was the most outstanding player in the OHL. Mm-hmm. They, won the, the, they won the Memorial Cup. You don't do that by just being a one-way player. Yeah, I feel and, like... Sorry, Craig, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. Yeah, Julia, I'm done. Yeah, I feel like people <laughs> forget about that, the, his Memorial Cup, when they talk about Mitch Marner not being able uh, to win. I like, forget? Apparently he talks about it nonstop. <laughs> yeah. call video. It's all he talks about in the locker room. I don't apparently. blame him. It was, it was quite the feat. But, Craig, when you think about Mitch Marner... Um, and how he's developed in his time since he scouted him with the London Knights up till now, the player he is. Uh, we've been hearing some, like David Quinn yesterday, saying that the Leafs look kind of di- different. Steve Eiserman was giving them a little bit of love yesterday, too. Are you noticing maybe a little bit more maturity in this group, or is that something they can only prove come playoff time? Well, I mean, uh, if you recall three weeks ago, you know, the Leafs had come back from that uh, that West Coast trip, or just about three weeks. So it wasn't very it wasn't a very good trip. But they played a really good game in their first game. Yeah, and I, I think AB, you asked me, like, have they shown you anything? Yeah. I said, yeah, for one game. I said they showed me something for one game, and they're going to need to show me a lot more over an extended period of time. I said at the outset of this year, I know how much talent the Leafs have, and everything that goes with it, question marks, whatnot. But I was going to evaluate them on how they go through the process. Their terms, not mine. How they're going to prepare themselves to go through the season to be ready come playoff time. Because they said their ultimate goal is to compete for the Stanley Cup. That's how I was going to evaluate them. So in the first part of the season, I said it was mediocre. Since they've returned from that West Coast trip and all their injuries that they have, Massively impressed with the way they played. As Steve Eisenman has spoken, as David Quinn did yesterday. So I think that that's significant. Because to me, it's not about proving it to me. They need to show it to themselves. They need to show it to themselves. Words just become words unless they're followed by actions. And to me, with with a lot of their challenges, you know, I I keep talking about they get those injuries. And they got to go into Carolina on a Sunday afternoon. That's a really hard game. And Eric Schalgren delivers. They lose T.J. Booty. They lose Jake Muzzin. They lose Morgan Riley. Listen, the league is set up where it, like nobody's feeling sorry for you if you have injuries. You got to go and perform. You got to find ways to win. That's playoff hockey. You know, did the Tampa Bay Lightning just throw their arms up when Braden Point got hurt in Game Seven? No. Did they throw their arms up when when Steven Stamkos was unable to play and route to their first Stanley Cup a couple years ago, the, the, which was their second in franchise history? No. That's what the Leafs are showing, and they're showing it to themselves, and I think it's really impressive. It's funny because a buzzword that was thrown around a lot last year was Stanley Cup habits. Mm. We haven't talked a whole lot about that this year, and maybe it's because of the way that the season kind of 
you know, got underway, and then there was just other stuff, and Keith was saying some nonsense early on in the year. But it really does feel like lately we've seen a lot more of those Stanley Cup habits in terms of the team just playing complete, they're playing connected, and they're finding different ways to win games. And, and I think that's really an encouraging sign here for Toronto. Well, it is. Let's go back to last night's game, okay? So you have Pierre Engvall scoring the winning goal. Mm-hmm. Who, 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 who scored the key goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 7 last year? It was Nick Paul. Yep. Yeah. Okay? Nick Paul does so, it all. So, yeah, well, and so <laughs> you, you, you look at where you need contributions from, right? Like, it, it would be great, and, and I mean, if you just thought, okay, we can pencil in Austin Matthews for a goal here, and not much tomorrow for a goal here tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. You know, other teams have good players, and when you get into the playoffs, it, the, the, the bad teams are gone. They're gone right from the first round. 16 teams are, 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 are planning for the next season. They're out. So now you're playing against good teams. And so now it requires, to your point, A.B., connect, connectivity, you know, cohesion, you know, like how you're going to work together, how you're going to commit, all those things about you use the term Stanley Cup habits. There's lots of ways to talk about it. But that's what it takes. And I think that the, during this stretch where the Toronto Maple Leafs have been without really good players, you've seen other players just really stuff. And, and it, it doesn't always show up in the, in, in, on the score sheet. It, it starts with the goaltenders making key saves. When, when, when a defenseman that might not be quite ready, you know, makes a mistake. So he's ready. And at these moments in time, what you need is everybody to max out on their abilities and capabilities. That's what happens come Stanley Cup playoff time. It's not about just your best players being your best players. It's everybody being the best they can be. We've seen that from the Leafs during this stretch. Yeah, absolutely. So the season started and scoring was kind of hard to come by for the Leafs. And, and everybody was top, pointing at the top guys. You mentioned it's not always so easy to just circle Marner for a goal, circle Matthews for a goal. Uh, the depth that they put together hadn't really been performing at that point. Have you liked the way that the bottom six has come together over this stretch? Yeah, absolutely, Julia. And, 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 and I think it's, it's, it's a couple of things. Number one, they're being counted on to deliver. You know, it, not, not that players are looking to just kind of stay in the, back, in the background or whatnot, but you, you get these types of injuries, and Sheldon Keith and the coach said, we need you to be at your very best. You know, I, I say this, good coaches come in and they say, I'm not going to ask you to do more than you're capable of doing, but I need everything you have. And good coaches also put players into the best spots to give them the best that they have. And I think that, you know, when, you, when, when you're introducing new players into a lineup, integrating new players in the lineup, th- th- there is times where coaches trying to get comfortable with them, players are trying to get comfortable with one another. But absolutely, I think that when you look at the contributions deeper down the lineup, it's not just in Pierre Engdahl scoring the winning goal against San Jose. It, it, it's a commitment to say, you know what, we're, we're going to make sure we, we, we don't make a bad play with a puck. We're going to make sure that we're coming back hard. You know, think about the play last night that led to the winning goal. David Camp, yeah. he, he's, not, he, he's not lingering. He is back hard to position. Well, Thomas Hurdle tries to make a play through the middle of the ice. David Camp intercepts it. Boom. Kerr puts the next guy in there. End goal the position. Winning goal. That's what matters. The, it, it turned into a goal, but if David Camp doesn't say, I'm coming back hard through the middle of the ice here and making sure that they don't transition against our defense with an odd man rush, that, that, who knows where it goes from there. 
that's the things that are that are significant contributions. Yeah, as Mike Babcock used to say, you'll you'll find some offense through good defense, and uh, mm. we're seeing it. We're seeing we it are. more and more. It's starting to come a little clearer. But now they've got the, kind of the guns that that are able to kind of get it done. Unlike those earlier iterations, uh, we're chatting with Craig Button, our TSN hockey analyst. Um, a guy who we haven't really spent much t- time talking about today, and, and over the course of the last month, we've, we've started to give him his flowers. But quietly, William Nylander, he's been overshadowed, I guess, by this point streak that uh, Mitch Marner has, has had. But he's been outstanding over the course of the last little bit. He's got nine goals his last 12 or 13 games, point-per-game player over the course of this uh, month of November. And today marks... The four years since Nylander signed that six-year contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Looking back on that, Craig, I mean, how silly do the haters of this deal look now? Listen, I, I can only tell you this. You know, and, and I've been very vocal about this, I'm part of the William Nylander fan club. Hmm. I, I hear always soft. He's just, no, he isn't. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, a very gifted player, a very talented player, and a very important player. And we can look back in time and say, okay, they could have done this and done that. I, I did a, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish with William with my comment I made last night about Darnell Nurse. It's a great contract. Everybody says trade Nylander. You can trade Nylander easy, easy. With that contract and his productivity, you can trade him easy. Try getting a good return on him. Good luck. Yeah. That's all I'm going to tell you. Good luck. Good luck. And you know what? I think that I think, and I said this numerous times. William Nylander is unfairly maligned. And the people that want to malign him, ask your own questions because, and ask the questions of yourself. This is a really good hockey player and a really key player for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the contracts, it's, it's a fantastic contract. And the reason, you know, we can look at the time and go, oh, my God, why did they give him that much money? You know, well, why did he give Austin Matthews just under $12 million? That's what 60 goal scorers get. Why, why does Mitch Marner get, you know, just under $11 million or whatever it is? And, you know, well, that's what first-team all-star right wings get. So don't tell me they're overpaid because they're not. And like Darnell Nurse, I'm hearing a lot about Darnell Nurse. Oh, my God, can you believe they gave him that contract? Here's what I'm going to say. He played 28 minutes last night. No, he played almost 29. He was just a few seconds short of 20. He plays 24 minutes a night. He's a really unique player in the way he plays. And with the cap going up and everything that, that, that's positive about the revenues in the NHL, I guarantee you in two years' time, that contract's going to look great for Darnell Nurse. Yeah. Just may- like the contract today looks great for William Nylander because his productivity is good. And Darnell's not going to fall off just like William's not going to fall off. Yeah, we need a crow buffet in Toronto because it feels like there's a lot of crow to be eaten in terms of in terms of contracts and maybe even in terms of goalie acquisitions, Craig. Matt Murray has looked good so far this season. Samsonov went back into the game last night and looked really, really good. Where are you at with Leafs goaltending right now? Let's go through this. In any type of situation, when a manager is assessing his team, there's you're looking at solutions. So they knew they were losing Jack Campbell, so they got to find solutions in the net. There's going to be risk, but you're looking at the rewards. I, I, I felt at the time, and I said this, hey, listen, getting Matt Murray, uh, you know, came with probably with more risk than anybody would like. But when, when he signed Samson off at the same time and put Matt Murray into a tandem situation and, and did that, I, I, I thought that that mitigated uh, that lowered the, the, the risk and, and mitigated against the downside. 
If it was just Matt Murray, I would say, geez, you know what, That's a, the risk is really big. Samsonov is 25 years old. Great right when goaltenders are coming into their own. He had performed in stretches which were really good. And I thought that the two of them combined signed was a really was – a, was, was a solid move together. Did it come with risk? Yeah, it came with risk. And certainly when Matt Murray got hurt, everybody goes, oh, yeah, you know, here, don't be surprised. And, and you shouldn't be. But from that point in time, it's not just Ilya Samsonov. It's not just Matt Murray. Eric Schalgren has to come into the mix, too, here. Yeah. He, the three of them, the trio of goaltenders, has been excellent for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And there should be no questions at this point in time about the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending. You know, again, risk-reward. And then Kyle sized up the risk, and but the reward there is being seen, and I I, I think it's incredibly important, and certainly something that, uh, that has really helped the Leafs here through this stretch of, of defenseman injuries. And Julia, I will add one more thing. I had to eat crow a couple of years ago. Oh, I remember. When the Montreal Canadiens, yeah, well, you seasoned you it up. You had a little uh, sauce on it. It was okay. Uh, I did, and, and that cause gave me a really good wine recommendation to eat. Oh, with the beautiful! Okay, so, so, so if anybody wants to get wants to know how to prepare crow, yeah, is that a red or a white? It, uh, it was a merlot. Okay, and so I'm just I remember very clearly, and you know what? So if anybody wants to take the part and eat the crow, I can do it. And I think Jennifer Hedger has pictures. <laughs> that is awesome. Craig, uh, appreciate the chat as always, pal. Uh, we'll chat again next week. <laughs> yeah, we will. Have a great day. Thanks. You as well. There he goes.